Welcome to the HR Insider Podcast, where we interview some of today's top HR reps and human resource experts. It's time to elevate your human resource mindset. Welcome to another episode of the HR Insider Podcast. Today, I am joined by Mallory Basor from Staff One in Dallas, Texas. Mallory, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely honored. Honored. So, Mallory, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your background, and how you got to where you are now? Sure. So, I am an HR manager uh, with a PEO. I originally started my career over a decade ago in accounting and as it happens to many hr folks um, hr duties were sort of thrust upon me in accounting and i quickly discovered that i liked that a lot better so i wanted to continue that career path Um, so i worked uh, for you know internal hr corporate uh, for a variety of different industries, but mostly um, manufacturing and retail prior to joining a PEO. That's awesome. So thrust on you, so you just had to figure it out, FIO, as I say to my staff all the time, uh, pretty quickly, or did you kind of have a, a guide or a sage helping you, uh, you know, kind of navigate the uh, often murky waters of HR? I didn't have anybody there to actually show me what to do. So it had started out with, okay, well, I'm doing accounting. Well, why don't you take over the payroll? So I got certified um, to, you know, in payroll. And then from there, it, you know, hey, well, why don't you do some recruiting? And, and it just kept, you know, duties just kept <laughs> being added on to me. So I just kept attending as many seminars as I could and learning about it and then taking classes for it. And, um, I was quite young at the time, but uh, I'm really g- very happy that it worked out that way because I'm, I love working in HR. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, Mallory, you and I, before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about you know your background, what you do, and you mentioned that you are doing a lot of sexual harassment trainings and work with your clients at Staff One. So that, of course sparked some conversation and I really wanted to bring that onto the podcast. So Mallory, what what are you seeing right now? Why are you doing so many sexual harassment trainings? What what is going on in the workplaces that you're working with that would cause that to be uh you know something that needs to be discussed? Well, I also handle investigations into harassment and discrimination claims and one of the best ways that you can prevent um claims like that is to provide training to your employees. So that's something that we recommend doing at least annually. So you capture every new hire that you've had over the year and ensure that they're getting this training as well. It's really a way to reduce your liability. But also, we want to promote uh, safe and uh, productive work environments that are free from harassment. So definitely doing this on an annual basis is is a really great thing and um it does cut down on on that unintentional harassment which is usually what i see when i'm doing an investigation so you know someone might think that they are being funny by saying you know an inappropriate joke and they think that that's the kind of relationship that they might have with somebody else at work that it's okay to say something like that well but really you know, people get offended, and they get offended by a variety of different things, and it's really hard to tell what, you know, is okay for one person might not be okay for somebody else. 
and so they'll make a complaint. I'll come and investigate it. And really, the the alleged harasser had no idea that what they had done had crossed the line. So that's why uh, training is so important because it's really something you can do to be proactive to prevent things like that from happening. Yeah. So I think that's that's so uh, that's so key to you know instead of triaging the problem, you're actually getting ahead of it and you know tr- treating uh, you know something that as you put it, uh, is mostly uh, unintentional and, and yet still leaves the company open to liability and causes all sorts of internal strife. Just cut it off and uh, you know, kind of make sure that everybody has the same understanding of how and how not to handle interactions with other uh, staff members. So I think that's great. So now what are some of the things that you automatically you know, start addressing whenever you provide those trainings is there some special nugget that you bring to the table or um, is it just, hey, listen, don't say that's what she said jokes, you know, like, what, how does that go? Well, I, I well, first of all, I try to present this kind of training in um, a way that's entertaining but doesn't cross the line because of the subject matter. It makes people uncomfortable to begin with. You know, there's always that eye roll like, oh, here we go. HR's making us do sexual harassment training. Um, so I, I do try to bring some humor into it, but I want to make sure I, I cover all of the really necessary information. I start with why it's important to talk about it, um, you know, because it is illegal. I give some statistics on how widespread sexual harassment is. Um, I go over the laws that actually prohibit it. And from there, uh, the EEOC's definition of sexual harassment. Um, and then I go into some examples of what it could be. And we play a little game, you know, is this sexual harassment or not? I'll give a scenario and, and let the participants respond. We go over the two types of harassment, which are quid pro quo and hostile work environment. And hostile work environment is usually where I see the the complaints coming uh, from. They fall under that category. But people tend to, you know, they hear that phrase hostile work environment and they kind of throw it around not really understanding what that means. Um, so we, we go over that pretty in depth. Um, we talk about who could be affected by harassment um, and who could be a harasser. We go into other forms of harassment that are of a non-sexual nature. And then to wrap it up, we, we talk about prevention, which is really the most important part in my opinion. Um, we do, when I'm, I'm giving the training to managers and supervisors, I do an additional step where I talk to them about um, handling investigations. But even when I'm giving the training to um, employees of every level, I talk about how they need to report it, what their company's policy is on sexual harassment, and complying with investigations. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what? Um, all right. So Mallory, what are some of the things um, that you're seeing? Is there anything new under the sun? I guess. I mean, is there anything new that uh, the people that listen to this podcast are that are HR professionals themselves? that they should be aware of uh, that's kind of transpiring either with, uh, you know, some kind of compliance or uh, is there some, I guess, you know, there's like a whole new wave of could be um, sexual harassment with social media and apps that delete pics in an instant. I mean, like, what are you seeing that's new and, and, uh, and trending in, the, in this space? I'm absolutely seeing a lot more complaints that um, stem from social media. So things that are happening away from the workplace 
after hours, but between colleagues, um, you know, via things like Facebook message or over Instagram, stuff like that. And so a lot of employers, um, their first assumption, and even for employees as well, is that, well, that's not sexual harassment because we're not at work and that's, you know, my, my own personal social media. And yeah, that might be true, but you still can't harass your coworkers. <laughs> so, okay, so how do you, is that part of your training then, Mallory? Is that kind of a, a thing that you're addressing now whenever you go into these places is how, um, how, yeah, they're still your coworkers, whether you're at work or not? I mean, and, and what does that even, I guess, what, what is that, what goes into that? I do. I go over, you know, how part of the, the, you know, what defines sexual harassment is that it's unwelcome conduct, right? So we have to take that into account first. Um, So making sure that whatever you're doing, you know, is welcome, first of (laughs) all, is really important, right? Because it is really natural for employees to develop friendships and relationships with people that they work with. You spend a lot of time with the people that you work with, and sometimes that can you know, maybe turn into something a little romantic. Um, and in that case, you know, it's not going to meet the definition of harassment if it's welcome. So I, I encourage people that find themselves in that situation to, um, you know, come forward and let somebody in management know so that it doesn't come back to bite them later. If, you know, you know, there's a blow up and a breakup and then somebody comes and says, oh, look at all these messages I've received. They were harassing me that whole time. You know, it's a way to protect yourself, um, <laughs> to report it up front. And then um, I just remind them about, you know, keeping in mind what's professional and what's not and making sure that you really do have that relationship already established with that person before you send something that (laughs) could be, you know, inappropriate. Um, And we go over things like, you know, asking a coworker out on a date. You know, the first time you do it, you do it in a polite way. That's not going to be considered sexual harassment. If you consistently ask that person out on a date or, you know, do it in a lewd manner, now you're harassing them and that's not okay. I talk about um, thinking things through as if you are a reasonable person, which is the default assumption, right? Um, And then what, um, how do I say this? I I talk to them a lot about um, just if it's something that you question, it's probably something you shouldn't do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, would 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 you be okay with it if your mama saw that? That kind of a thing. <laughs> which is which is a valuable question to ask. Absolutely. So okay. So, are you seeing um, anything kind of happening in the space? I mean, we've got Tinder now. Uh, are you seeing things go from hey, this is in the office? They said no to oh, now it's outside of the office, and this isn't. This is a form of social media, but. Uh, you know, now I can kind of go af- uh, ask someone out or kind of pursue this relationship through this other medium. Is that happening often? Yes. Um, I still get your more, I don't know what you would want to say, classic sexual harassment complaints, but I do get some where it's, you know, unwelcome conduct, but it did happen over like a dating app or a form of social media. And again, you know, usually that the harasser that's involved thinks, well, that's outside of work, so I'm not violating any policy. And a lot of the times employers have that misconception too. Yeah. 
So it's a really fine line. And of course, each complaint has to be investigated and it really needs to happen very timely. And the specifics of it is going to vary each and every time. Um, So that's why it's important to investigate all complaints of harassment because, you know, for one set of folks, it might not actually be harassment. And for someone else, it, it very well could be. That's good. That's good. All right. So is there, other than doing a, a, you know, yearly training, is there something that HR departments or employers should be doing uh, to kind of, you know, stop this before it happens? Is there any advice that you can give that would kind of uh, mitigate those situations occurring? I would recommend that they update their handbook to ensure that they have a policy related to harassment so they are prohibiting it and that they, you know, I write handbooks all the time. And I mean, to be totally honest, I'm aware that no one wants to read those. But maybe having a meeting to go over things like that, those really key policies, things like harassment, workplace violence, that kind of thing, so that you're ensuring everybody knows that you take it very seriously. I, I also recommend zero tolerance policies so that if someone you know, it, it you can substantiate a claim and it turns out they are harassing someone, you terminate them. Um, if they realize the severity of the those actions and they're aware that you have that, that policy in place and that you do take it very seriously, that's a, a great way to discourage people from, you know, getting involved in something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, you can, you do this and we're going to uh, stop paying you money. That always seems to work well. That's great. <laughs> it does. It really does. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, awesome. And before I let you go, we always do one thing with every single person that comes onto the podcast, and I like to try and do it so that it's not canned, and I'd like to get genuine reactions. So it's just five rapid-fire questions before we let you go. Is that okay? Sure. All right. So what is the best advice that you've ever received, Mallory? I would say um, my dad told me to be Semper Gumby, which isn't a real thing, but <laughs> to always be flexible. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Um, what's the best book that you've read recently? I've recently read Crucial Conversations, and I picked that up at the HR Southwest uh, conference. And that, that I really like that. And I, I think it's a great resource for our HR professionals to, to keep in their bookshelf. Yeah, that that is a great one. Actually, I was at that conference as well, and um, I picked up that book also. So uh, I'll just second that and say that that is a great read. So uh, nice. Awesome, awesome. All right, so this one's a little bit more difficult, but I think that it's really, really helpful. Uh, what are you spending too much time on in your position right now? I'm trying to think because my, my position is so varied. It's it's hard to say that I have any one particular area of focus that's too much. But um, I would say I probably spend too much time on, um, you know, I can't say that I spend too much time on anything because everything needs its own amount of time. <laughs> Man, okay, well, I'll just say you're the first person on the podcast we've had to say that. So props to you. That's well done. That's well done. Um, all right, so conversely, what do you need to spend more time on? Is there anything that you need to spend more time on? I, I think that um, it's really crucial to spend time on developing employee engagement programs 
and monitoring those and measuring those and um, you know it's such a critical factor to an employee like an employer success um, because your people are, are so key and um, it's not just like let's make them happy right it's it's about actually getting them engaged they're much more productive when they're engaged so I think that that's something that that really any business should be spending more time on and it's kind of a hot topic that that comes up but i don't see a lot of people really focusing on that Mm. all right all right lastly what are you most excited about in the coming months in your current position i am the most excited about um just the compliance aspects of it. So making sure that, you know, handbooks are updated for 2018 and that job descriptions are updated for 2018 and, and the, the strategy planning for the coming year. Um, so we, I can identify, you know, for my clients here, you know, this is the employer that you want to be. Well, here are some ways that you can get there. So it's really that time of year where I get to, to plan those things out. And that's really fun for me. It's exciting. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Well, Mallory, um, if people wanted uh, to check you out, um, where would they go to do that? Sure. So um, I work for Staff One. We're a PEO based out of Dallas, and you can go to staffone.com. That's our website. Um, people can also feel free to email me directly. It's mallory.basor at staffone.com. Well, Mallory, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, Thanks again for the time. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me.